0: Hello guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Master Your Mental Podcast. If you are new here, my name is Paris and I am the creator and host of the Master Your Mental Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here to tune in and hear my amazing guests and I describe the ways we can leverage and shift our mindsets to take the best possible care of our mental health. I launched the podcast as a way to motivate inspire empower and educate people on these interesting topics my background and passion for this all stemmed from the field of psychology after completing both my ba in psychology and my mba in healthcare administration my passion for mental health only continued to grow as a result of this i launched master your mental to bring more awareness tips and conversations to the table about these topics You guys might be wondering, what does the mental stand for? Well, it stands for mindset, engagement, nutrition, talk about it, accountability, and love yourself. These are all the building blocks that make up what Master Your Mental is all about. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on any one of my social media platforms you guys can find in the link in my bio on my Instagram at master your mental. Now let's get into the episode guys. Hello, 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 you guys. And welcome back to this week's episode. I know I say this every single week, but this one is a very special one because we are talking all about trauma. And if you don't know this by now, that is literally my favorite topic to get into because I love featuring people's stories, these incredible guests that I bring on for you guys of the solutions and the things that they're bringing to the table of how they've overcome the traumas they've experienced. And that is exactly the thing that we're getting into this week on this episode. And before we do, I want to say again, a massive thank you to each and every single one of you who comes here, who tunes in, who listens to these episodes. It means the world to me. And on that note, I want to say thank you to one of these Apple podcast reviews that I'm looking at right now um, that was left by Soulful Ninja. This person has said, I love her voice five stars. She's had some pretty awesome guests on her show. I have gotten such great info from the four episodes I've listened to highly recommend. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this review. And again, if you guys would like to, please feel free to head over to Apple podcasts. You might be there already. You can leave me a rating five-star rating or whatever you want to give me, leave me a little review. I read them all and they help me so much with seeing what you guys like and what you enjoy and how to make this content as good as I can for you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And let's go ahead and get into this episode. You guys, let's do it. Hello everybody. And welcome back to a brand new episode of the master your mental podcast. This is a very special episode today, you guys, because this topic is not just one of great importance to me because I'm also bringing on my wonderful friend here, best-selling author of monsters in my house and speaker Walter McKinley to share his powerful story and tips with all of us today. So I'm really looking forward to just bringing this conversation around shattering the stigma around trauma to the table for you guys. So without further ado, welcome Walter to the podcast.
1: There it is what's up, my friend. I'm so happy to be <laughs> here with another fellow warrior. I just absolutely love, and by the way, the, the cool dynamic of what we're doing today, you've got a man and a woman sharing about their trauma to show that it, like sex, age, color, creed, religion, like all of it's irrelevant. We have to build this movement of people willing to share their stories to remove the stigma of trauma and alleviate that shame and that pain for those folks that are still sitting Mm -hmm. where we used to sit at right and ready to catapult that journey so I'm so pumped to be here and I'm just (laughs) so happy to join you and also so proud of you for what you're doing between your book now the podcast I mean you are doing the work and you are making a difference so I just love that about you
0: I appreciate you so, so much, my friend. And see you guys right there. Just kicked it off. Like, isn't he amazing already? Like, we haven't even gotten into like the conversation. You can already tell like the tone of this episode. It's going to be a really, really powerful one. So, you know, of course, before we dive on into it, like Walter, I'd love if you could just tell the people a little bit about what it is that lights you up in this life.
1: Oh, man. What lights me up? I tell you what, and and we'll, we'll talk about a little bit of this later um so this whole story everything that i've been through what has happened for me in my life not to me in my life to prepare me to step into my purpose my life's purpose of helping people know their history does not define their legacy and where they started doesn't have to be where they finish and i tell you what i left corporate america 10 years ago to write this book um, monsters at my house. And then also really just go speak. I, I speak at schools, colleges, corporate America, um, inspirational type events, and really just pour into people in a way that lets them know that they can overcome, they can achieve, they can find the light through the darkness and live this abundant, amazing, joyful life that people like we live who walked this journey before them and now are reaching back to give them a hand and pull them through.
0: I just, I love it so much. And it's just, it's not only just inspirational to hear what you've done, but you know, I love if you can get a little bit more into that. Like, what was that process like for you stepping away from corporate America to do what you feel to be your, that you're called to do? What was that like? Wow. It was,
1: it was pretty wild actually. So, so many people are living lives of quiet desperation and they feel like they got this, like, you know, capital R on their chest, like Superman or Superwoman, right? It's like, I'm Captain Resilience. Mm -hmm. And and they're not showing up vulnerably. They're not talking about the things that they're suffering with. Um, And I was one of those people. So I'm in corporate America. I run a site in Tempe and I run a site in the Philippines. So I'm managing global operations for a fortune three. I get to this point, COVID hits, our work triples, same amount of people. I'm giving everything I got to my leadership team, to my wife, to my two teenage daughters, and I'm just tr- spreading myself so thin that I forgot I needed to take care of myself along the way.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is
1: important for all the listeners out there too. Like we do so much for everybody. That's the human nature, but you got to be able to pour into yourself. And it's selfish to not do that is what mm-hmm. I found. And so I'm like, given everything I got, I'm working 12 to 14 hours a day. I'm letting my bosses know I can't continue 12 to 14 hours a day. And this pace that I'm in, normally there's three executives doing what I'm doing by myself.
0: Wow. Matter of fact,
1: there's literally three executives doing it now. Wow. (laughs) And and, and I was like, I can't continue this pace. I'm suffering. I'm I'm approaching the day with apathy. I'm not showing up as a happy me, which I normally am very happy. And (laughs) no joke. So my wife and I, and this, I just love my wife of 22 years. She's an amazing woman. And we're sitting and I'm, I'm crabby. And honestly, I'm just kind of being an ass because dinner's not ready at like 5.30. Mm-hmm. So I've been up early. I've worked all day. I'm hungry and hangry. And so I'm like, she's like, what do you want for dinner? And I was like, well, I don't even know. I make decisions all day. Like, you, what do we just put some food in front of me? And she didn't deserve that. But this is how we show up when we're burnt out, right? We lash out on un, almost unknowingly.
0: Yeah. So she no. looks
1: at me, Paris, and she goes, wow. well, that's not really fair. Like, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. and I kind of took a step back and thought, you know what? I said, I'm sorry. It's not fair, and I started welling up, and I said, babe, I'm not physically or emotionally tired anymore. I'm tired in the depths of my soul of who I am as a human being right now, and two days later, I'm sitting in a meeting, no pressure meeting with a new director that they hired training them, I feel like I'm having a heart attack, mm. slam my computer, rush to the ER, take two aspirin, my, my blood pressure sky high, pulsating in my neck, my veins are popping out. I'm, I, I, I really think I'm having a heart attack. What I had was a, a nervous breakdown, anxiety attack, burnout attack, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And what's wild, and this is why I talk about this because it's important. This happened to me a year ago, decades after I've done the healing work from trauma and you know, so so you're always working on being a better version of you. Finish at the hospital. I have a guy who's a combat medic lean over or used to be anyway. And he says, "Walt, well, I think you're having an anxiety attack. He goes, I used to run trauma centers like you. I've been in war. He goes, I, I, I literally used to be a combat medic. Nothing ever fazed me. But what you're talking about is what I was dealing with. He goes, there's a there's a psychiatric unit downstairs at the VA hospital where I was at. He goes, they'll help you and they'll see you today. And he goes, I don't know if that's it, but like, I feel you, brother. Like that's, I I went through what you're going through. So I go down there, see a psychologist a little bit. And I just had a decision to make. And the issue was, Paris, what I was doing in life at that point, KPIs, metrics, had the number one team in the US um, and, and out of all the regions in the US was crushing every metric alive, record results, but I was miserable professionally, miserable. And I had a decision to make. Do I continue to live in quiet desperation and keep the, you know keep my chest open with the capital R for captain resilience? Or do I allow myself to be vulnerable enough and step into my life's purpose? And my wife said, we'll make whatever adjustments financially we need to make. I've been begging you to write your book for 10 years. You wanted to be a speaker for over 20. You've been speaking globally in the military and corporate America your whole career. It's time to do what you were put on this earth to do. And I said, you know what? Let's go for it. And I left 80% of my income and everything. And I've just went for it. And I'm happier today than I've been in my whole entire life. And that's what people don't realize. Mm. They're, they're, they're grinding, they're working hard so they can have things.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not
1: just just living life, right? Like we all financially need to live life. They can have things, And the reality is they're suffering in quiet desperation because Mm. they're fearful of taking this next step and making a decision, go to another company, start a new career, do something that aligns with your purpose and in your spiritual purpose, especially, and watch how profoundly you change almost overnight. Mm. It's been phenomenal. I I just, oh my gosh.
0: And just, I can just hear it like in your voice and just, I mean, you guys, even when I first met. Walter, like we actually met at another one of our friends, Janine Hernandez. She had a book launch. We were, I was there and Walter, you know, walked right up to me and introduced himself. And I was like, I was like, I just thought to myself, like, who is this guy? Like, I need this energy more of this in my life, like instantaneously. And, and you guys can just hear it. Just, I love how you bring that up of quiet, desperation and then also the vulnerability aspect, because I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to relate to that. You know, if you're sitting in a place right now where, you know, you're, you're dealing with something or you're going through something, or you have a family member, a friend, someone in your life that you, you, you know, is dealing with something, but you don't know how to help or how to communicate it. You know, this is just exactly what it is, you know, stepping into that. And feeling that uncomfortableness because that's you know something that both of us have have done is it's 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 hard work. It is hard work, and I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. And I know Walter as well. You know his his experiences, but I'd love to you know ask you know a little bit more because obviously you know we're talking about here shattering the stigma surrounding trauma. So I'd love to ask you know like what was that like for you to like the first time you ever started speaking about traumas that you experienced or or went through? What was that feeling that ran through you in those moments.
1: Yeah, so long time ago, right? So just to kind of frame it up for everybody, um I moved 14 times in the first 16 years of my life. I was torturously and sadistically abused by every adult that I came into contact with until I was 15 and a half years old. I mean, literally my my father, my stepmother, um my stepfather, foster parents. My mother never hit me, but there was a lot of neglect. Mm. Um and and she was so broken, she allowed things to happen to me and my sister. Because she couldn't even love herself, much less pour into her children the way she wanted to. Mm -hmm. And so what I found at 15 and a half, I called, like my aunt and I got a hold of CPS, Child Protective Services. This is 30 years ago. So like he needs to get hit one more time. Now that a case is filed, we can't take him out before then. So luckily it only took two days. My dad punched me in the side of my head twice in front of five of my friends.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. I had a,
1: a choice in that moment, right? Mm -hmm. Do I run or do I let the tear continue to like grip me where I I stay put? Mm -hmm. And since my aunt and I had hatched this plan, I joke, a woman made me the man I am today. And I really mean that. Um, I don't know if you got to meet her at the book launch, but you would be like, she is the female version of you. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I take off running. My father was arrested that night in one of the worst and most empowering days of my life. Cause I'm mm-hmm. having my father arrested on one hand and, and, and I had to start to tell my story about what was happening to me. Mm. So this 15 and a half years of silence and the shame and those deep secrets, we keep locked in a key and we don't even know where the key's at sometimes. Um, or we definitely don't give it to nobody else. I started sharing a piece of my story and, and you brought this up. It's hard work, mm-hmm. right? But it's hard work, staying miserable and full mm-hmm. of shame and pain and despair That's worse than doing the work, turning around, because I say this a lot, trauma doesn't get tired. Mm
0: -hmm. It don't
1: get tired. You can't hide from it. You can't run from it. The only thing you can do is turn around, look it dead in its eye, and just truck it, run it straight over so you can live the rest of your life in happiness and abundance. And that's what I did piece by piece by piece. I shared more. And mm-hmm. over time, I started to get that key to unlock those pieces of my soul that had those deep secrets in them. Those wow. Deep I didn't to tell nobody. And when I did, and I took that trauma out, I could replace it with love. And that fulfilled mm-hmm. me in a way that gave me this energy and zest for life.
0: And, oh my gosh. And just, you know, just hearing a little bit about your story and just li- like literally right now, listening to you share your journey so far and where you were. And how you went from this place to here is beyond me. It's just absolutely astonishing. And see, like, this is just, this is why I love these kind of stories, you guys, is because this just shows you that you are capable of leaving that place that you're in right now where, you know, you might be. So overwhelmed, stressed out from work, whatever it is, relationships you're dealing with things coming at you from left, right, center, all over the place. And just feeling completely like, like Walter was mentioning tired in the depths of his soul, not just tired from getting up. And, and, you know, you know, the feeling like when your alarm goes off, you're, you can't get up. You don't want to get up. You don't want to do anything, but that's the thing is to, is to really, you know, the first step I, I would love to ask, you know, like, what is the, what was the first step, like in your journey of going from that place to starting that journey? Like, is was there a moment that you, you, you can reflect back to? Like, what was that? I'd love to hear.
1: Yeah, it was a night my father was arrested. Mm. And, and but what it did, and I, and I talk about this, it's interesting because in Monsters in My House, I tell my story, right? But I get to the last chapter and I just, there's so many times, this is what's great for the listeners. There's so many times people say, why can't you move on? Why can't you get over it? Um, why does it still bother you? because let's be real childhood trauma manifests itself in negative ways as an adult, if you don't like hit it head on. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, that's so why I put my fourth keys to live an extraordinary life. At the beginning of this journey, my life goes, how did you heal from your trauma? And I thought, well, shit, I don't really know. Like, <laughs> I really need to give this some thought. How did I do it? Cause I had never like conceptualized steps or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And What I found was through my own journey and writing the book, it was speaking my truth. And if there's one thing that you take away as a listener from this today, we're gonna talk about a lot, but if there's one thing, it's the power of speaking your truth out loud. And Mm -hmm. there's ways you can step into it, put your stuff in a balloon and and let it go and it flies, you're letting it off you. You can light what happened to you, light it on fire. You can do other things, but I promise you, And by the way, you don't have to do it in a grandiose way and write a book like Paris and I did, (laughs) but speak your truth. The truth literally sets your soul free because what you do is when you keep those places of shame locked tight and you keep them, it's like poison to your soul. It's literally poison. And you have the antidote right here at your mouth, Mm -hmm. but you've got to be willing to make a decision to say, I matter enough to start speaking my truth. And I'm going to let this shame and pain out because I deserve it and I wanna be happy. And then it's just, it's like an onion, right? Like Mm -hmm. you peel an onion, start crying, (laughs) you know, start crying. (laughs) The onion, you know, if you ever cut one. But (laughs) you ever seen an onion peeled, like a blooming onion or whatever at a restaurant? And it's Mm -hmm. it's beautiful, it's pretty. And it's like as you peel each layer of that onion back, there's sometimes you're gonna cry. -hmm. Sometimes you can be wiping tears and get somebody in your eye. Mm -hmm. But I promise you, as you speak that truth, the next truth becomes easier. The next truth becomes easier. And every truth you've had before that becomes easier to talk about. So find a therapist, find a counselor, find a coach, find a friend, a family member. Like, Paris and I, we don't even find us,
0: right?
1: (laughs) We will give you the space to speak your truth because Mm -hmm. the reality is we know the healing power of what that can do for you. That is the first step in this process. And that will catapult everything else that comes after it.
0: Oh my gosh. So, so true. And, And so powerful. And just like you mentioned before, you know, that's the thing, right? Is, you know, it hurts more to stay with this, because like you said, that the childhood trauma manifests itself later in life. And, you know, our, both of our stories are living proof of that, you know, how it manifested later and, you know, finally facing that and you know like you said find a friend a coach a therapist whatever it is you know free resources online what like whatever it is it, to find that thing connect with that journal whatever it is get it out but like walter said you know i fully agree with is there's nothing like speaking it there really isn't right. because you know like he's, like he mentioned with his story and his journey you know you can write a book or journal it or you know think about it and gain awareness of it but when you speak it And really show people, you know, how it's, you become so much more powerful because you're relatable, you're raw, you're real, you're vulnerable. And that's what people connect with. You know, they see that and they they see you and they think, wow. Wow you know, this, this, this really cool guy out here, Walter's doing this, like telling his story. So maybe, maybe I could tell one person mine, maybe I could start there. And that gives that person the the, just the courage and the hope to say, I can start with step one. And that's what it is. That's really what it is. And, you know, all of us, we all have a story. We all have, we've all experienced some trauma in some form or some fashion, and it doesn't matter, you know, like oh I don't have you know a severe story like Walter or whoever right you have your story you have yours and there's no other you so you so and like Walter mentioned you know there's someone out there right now right now who needs your story and your lesson so you know um, Walter I'd love to ask you, you know like what what has this so for you like looking back and reflecting back on your life so far what is the biggest lesson that you have learned so far from shattering the stigma surrounding trauma.
1: Okay, so in respect to the book. I mean so I went back and got court documents from Riverside County because there's things mm-hmm. when I was younger I had like little snippet memories of, but not comprehensive. And I think back to the court document I saw when I was 3, put in a foster home because I was getting beat um, in my own home. Had a 104 105 temperature and I think 104.7 is what it said strep throat. They said I was unintelligible and garbled at three years old. They thought I was mentally handicapped. I couldn't do a simple task like putting um, dirt in a dump truck that Mm -hmm. they tried to get me to do. And I think about all the abuse that I took. And at 15 and a half years old, I stuttered when I talked, right? You would never know today. I stuttered when I talked. I would flinch like if somebody came at me quick. And it's interesting because three years later after my aunt took me, and, and save my life, my wife couldn't even believe it was true because she only knew me as this other person, right? And mm-hmm. we could talk about that, like how that came <laughs> to be. But but I think, what did I learn when I wrote the book? I wanted to frame that up because the challenges that I had coming from where I came from. And so I'm writing this book and I, I edited it four times before I ever sent it to an editor. And as I'm editing it, the core story is there. So when I went back and edited it again, I remember more details. From smells and sounds and I bring the reader into the book like mm-hmm. into those moments and I finished the book and there were parts I wrote and I thought that is so messed up like I can't believe that I actually went through that and then I thought to myself I was like this is why I speak about it this way I said I am not a victim and I am not a survivor and if you're listening I promise you, you are neither of those things. You are a damn warrior. You are a Mm -hmm. fighter. You are standing. You are here. You are listening to this for a reason. And we are sharing our stories to show you that it's time to turn around, run this trauma over, remove the stigma of trauma so other people can share their stories and find that warrior power inside Mm -hmm. of you to say, I I am certified, I'm a badass for making it through what I did. And I'm still here and I'm still standing. And now I'm going to go to that next level now. And you brought up a good point I want to mention, because I do tell people this a lot. My story was very horrific. You've got a very tough story yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And people will tell me, well, well, I wasn't chained in beds or locked in basements like you were, Walt. And I said, don't don't ever say that again.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Don't ever say that again. Because when you compare your trauma to somebody else's, all you do is marginalize your own. And you add shame subconsciously to stuff you're already still holding inside your chest and struggling with. Mm-hmm. I don't care whether you've been through it for five minutes or 15 years, like I was. Your trauma is your trauma, and you have to face the emotions for what it what they are, and accept what happened to you for what it is, so that you can run that trauma over and continue to look out that windshield of life. That's so important. If you're going to compare to me or to Paris, compare to say they're just two normal people. The only difference is we made a decision to knock that trauma down. Mm -hmm. So it stopped chasing us, right? That's the only difference between (laughs) you and I and anybody else out there who maybe hasn't got to that point yet, but really wants to make the decision and dig in and lean into the emotion and the hard work. And at some point you're going to come out of this dark tunnel and you're going to hit this light on the other side. And you're going to realize this is what I've been missing my whole Mm -hmm. life.
0: Yes. And now I get to enjoy it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I I love how you also bring up that point too of the work. It's always going to happen. You know, it's not like you just Mm -hmm. do this and it's done and oh my gosh, like it's great. You know, it's a continuous process, but onto that point, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing because you're always learning. You're always growing. You're always getting better. And just like Walter said, you know, with his story, especially with your wife, you know, bringing this up and, and again, like, you know, we, we have, you know, similar things here with the the relationship aspect, because for me, I can tell you guys, if I didn't do the work that I did, I wouldn't be engaged. I want to be, you know, with, with the guy that I'm spending my life with right now, I would, I would not have been able To sustain that or to attract that, because I would have continued to live. In that place of I can't get out. I can't get better. I can't, I tried, it's not working, it's nothing's gonna work. And that was the mentality that I spent a long time in. And I'm pretty sure, you know, Walter can definitely relate to this. But like he said, you know, he's continuing to do this for him, not just for himself, for for the for his legacy, for his family, for his two amazing, beautiful daughters who I had the pleasure of hearing speak at his book event, just absolutely incredible. So, you know, I'd love to ask you like, what has this, because that's the thing that, tra- like you said, the childhood trauma continues to manifest itself. So what, so if I ask you like, where, where do you think that your life would be if you did not do this work? If if you did not do any of this, w- what do you think the outcome of that w- would look like?
1: I already know I'd be dead or in prison. Mm-hmm. And I think at 19 years old, my buddy and I had case to circle K convenience store. We knew when a one old guy was working. We had guns. We had ski masks, and I tell the story in the books. So I don't give I give too much away, <laughs> but we're literally gonna rob this on a Wednesday in between two and three a.m. because that's when the least traffic is in, right? The Monday before, his mother gets death, deathly ill. Now, mind mm-hmm. you, this woman is still alive and she's awesome today. Mm-hmm. And by the grace of God, she got sick. He went five hours away to go be with her because they thought she might pass away, and I had time to think to myself and I thought, "Shit! like, I can't believe I'm really, really gonna rob this store. And I didn't call girls over to fill that void for love that I needed. And that was my drug of choice, right? Like mm-hmm. drinking and hanging out with with chasing women and doing that kind of stuff. There is no doubt in my mind. I, I was so, um, had so much anger in my, in my heart that for women and kids, I was always super protective. But mm-hmm. if you were a man and I thought you were trying to punk me, you had something to say. I wanted to break your arm. I wanted to just hurt you where you would never forget who I was Mm -hmm. because I had been so beat down by men my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I was that angry. There's no doubt in my mind, I would have been in prison or I would have been dead. Mm
0: -hmm. And it
1: was like, I had a good heart. So the angel on one, the devil on the other, but the pain took priority. Mm-hmm. And I was living in this desperation and I, like quiet desperation where I wouldn't share my story at that point in my life.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was
1: just angry. And people are like, God, well just be trying to fight everybody. And my aunt, that was after my aunt helped after I was already getting some love and someone championed me for the first time in 16 years. And, but I had to do the work. She, my aunt couldn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. My wife couldn't do it for me, but I made a decision. When I met my wife, I said, if this woman's my wife or whoever may be my wife one day, they deserve the best version of me. I'm so sick and tired of carrying this baggage around and just feeling angry. Somebody says, good morning. And I act like they think they're better than me. And I take it personal for no reason.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: say, good morning. <laughs> <You> know, <wow. laughs> and, and my future children. And I don't want to repeat the generational cycle of abuse. And I say this a lot. We need to learn how to break the generational cycle of abuse and fight to be the hero of our family. And I knew I had to fight for me so that one day I can be the hero of my family. So that one day I can experience my beautiful teenage daughters getting on stage and sharing in the way that they did. And I get choked up because I was so proud as their father, you know, and seeing my beautiful wife get up there and share and all the amazing messages for people whose lives I've impacted. And the messages that I get every day with people who are seeking therapy for the first time, reading the book and digging into their own trauma. It's like, When you stop asking why things happen to you, even the most horrific things, and you start saying, why does this happen for me? Mm -hmm. What was I supposed to do with these things? Because you might have been victimized, but you have a choice whether or not you're going to stay a victim. Mm -hmm. And that's why you need to continue to fight, step into your warrior power, and seek help if you need it. Mm
0: -hmm. No, I, I absolutely could not agree more with everything that you're saying, because, you know, just hearing you mention, you know, that anger that you carried inside of you, because I always try to think, you know, and I feel like when, when we see these things on the news, right, of people, you know, k- killing all these people or murdering all these people, I always, always want to understand everything. Like what was like, because what I feel like that's the thing is trauma is the root of so Much destruction, pain, Mm -hmm. suffering. And like you mentioned, you know, this generational cycle of abuse, you know, from your family history or the, you know, those that you're around or the environments that you're in really conditions you because that's Mm -hmm. what and that's what it's about. That's what it's all about is breaking that so that you can be better for the future, for your wife, for your kids, for those that you're serving in the communities, whatever it is that you're doing, you guys, because you know, like that's it, right. These things, instead of saying, you know, like many of us do, you know, why did this happen to me? Or no one was there for me or no one's ever there. No one listens. No one cares. And just, you know, taking everything so personal, like the example Walter gave of someone saying good morning and being like, you know, why are they, what are they, why are they saying that they don't know me? Like, and to, and wanting to always react and fight and, and, and get a addic- you get addicted to that. It's like mm-hmm. a, a, you want to, to remain in this place of chaos because it's really all you've known for so long. And it's like, when you finally have something healthy in front of you, it's like, that's weird that's foreign you don't understand it you don't recognize it so you don't want to welcome that and that's exactly what you know walter's talking about with and also the big thing too is comparing your trauma to others because that's the thing that we all need to stop doing because i can tell you right now like exactly what walter said is when you do that you are not able to heal yours entirely because you you carry that shame of oh well you know mine's not as bad as this or you know man i didn't go through that like who do i you know who do i think i am like talking about this, like this isn't anything because that's the thing. We, we all have something doesn't matter what degree of severity or whatever it is, you know? And and that's the thing is no one is judging you. And if anyone is judging you for that, they have their own things that, that it's them. It has nothing, nothing to do with you. And you know, that's the thing is we can sometimes sit there and say, you know, you feel judged or criticized, but now when you look at it from a perspective of this person is responding that way to you because they have their own life, their own things that we probably have no idea about. And us speaking about our trauma can trigger that in other people. So, you know, it's always important just to try to lead with compassion when you, when you get confronted with these feelings. So, you know, I'd love to ask, you know, this is an, the one question that I always always ask everybody on this podcast. And it's because I always get a different answer and it's always so powerful. So of course I need to ask you, Walter, what is the number one thing that you are doing right now in your life to master your mental?
1: Oh man. The number one thing I'm doing is pouring back into myself. Mm. I'll give you an example. Even, you know, I've been running, been to Orlando, did a couple of speaking things, did the book launch, like just marketing the book, a couple of radio shows. So there's been so much momentum and I love, it. by the way, this is amazing stuff that keeps me busy. Okay. I'm, I'm living in my life purpose. I feel incredible. And I found myself a couple of days ago, just kind of irritable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And just a little frustrated. And I had just found out the VA in Virginia is going to buy 200 of my books for their psych work. Oh. To help, to help, Cause I'm a veteran, right. Tell veterans oh learn gosh. to talk about their trauma. Um, I'm working with a hospital in Canada. I'm working with a prison in Arizona for them to buy stuff. So it's like these amazing things happening, right? And I just lost my sense of gratitude in the moment because I just Mm -hmm. felt cranky Mm
0: -hmm. and tired.
1: And what I realized is, in the scope of this last month, I haven't been off-roading. I haven't just taken a break. I haven't really taken a nap. I like just rested. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can hear my voice is hoarse today because I've been doing so much speaking, right? <laughs> um, and, and so what I'm learning, what I'm doing right now, and I, and I want people to hear this real clear, I'm, I'm taking time for myself. And I love doing this Paris. And the rest of the day, I didn't schedule nothing. Tomorrow, I've got a really light schedule. There's zero on my calendar for this weekend, except maybe a trip to drive up to Payson in the Jeep and go off-roading a little bit and smell the fresh air Learn how to pour back into you. And we think sometimes we're being selfish if we take time for us. Mm -hmm. The reality is you're being selfish if you don't. Mm
0: -hmm. Because
1: the people that need you, you need yourself, but the people that need you get a shell of the version of you if you don't take time to recharge your own batteries and do the things that you love. So hear me, every single person that listens to this in the next week, do one thing. It could be 30 minutes. It could be three hours. I don't care. Do one thing you love for you, oh, not for nobody else, for amazing. you and watch how your attitude changes, how you recharge, and then how you show up for everybody else that you love and that you're trying to be the best you for.
0: Oh my gosh. I, I love it. I love it so, so much you guys. And you, you heard it, you know, just, you know, straight from Walter just to do that and the power that has, because, you know, if we don't do it, we aren't able to show up for anyone or anything. So, you know, really take the time to do that. You know, just like Walter said, even if it's 30 minutes, three hours, whatever it is, one thing for you, just make the time for that. And, you know, this has been such an incredible conversation. Like I could not thank you enough for like the value that you have brought today. It, it's just incredible. and So, so good. And so needed and on, to- on a topic that is so important. So, You know, Walter, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to come out here and speak about this and share your story, share your tips and your experiences. It is phenomenal. And I know you are touching so many lives and making such a massive impact. So just thank you so much for coming out here. I really appreciate it. And I always love when we get to have conversations. You're just amazing.
1: Well, I appreciate that. And thank you for giving me your platform. Um, First of all, for having this platform. Second of all, for allowing me to come on too, so that we can pour into people on these journeys and give them hope, give them inspiration to continue to walk their path. Because we might be a lighthouse for somebody. But if you're listening to this, you're a lighthouse for the person that needs your story. Mm -hmm. That person doesn't need Paris's story. They don't need Mm -hmm. my story. They need your story. Do the healing work so that one day you can be a lighthouse and, and your story might be the manifesto for somebody else's life. I yes. promise you it will, but it starts with you. So dig in, lean into the tough places, lean into <laughs> the hard places that, that you keep hidden and just keep moving forward. An inch or a leaping bound every day is still is still moving forward.
0: Yes. And tell the people where can they find you?
1: Oh man, that's great. So, and I'm about to get my website 2.0s yes. in the next two weeks. It's phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> but you can find me at www.waltmckinley.com. My socials are all attached there. Um, if On Instagram, I'm waltmckinleymotivation. I do daily reels and I do meetings and do some other stuff to just provide hope and inspiration. And then if you're interested in the book, you can buy it off of Amazon, Monsters in My House, A True Story. will take you straight to it. Um, it's got a picture on the front. So you know, it's the right one because there's children's books. Um, It's got a picture on the front of my view as a little boy looking up at my stepfather in the basement that he used to throw me in when I was a kid. And, um, and then lastly, if you want a free book teaser, you can go to www.monstersinmyhouse.com. Put your email in, you'll get a free PDF that downloads right away for the prologue story. So you can see what you're about to read, while you're waiting for the
0: book to get to you. Amazing, amazing, you guys. And definitely, I will put all this stuff in the show notes, but I definitely encourage you, highly encourage you to go grab a copy of this book and follow Walter. I mean, you've heard him today, but you need need this every day. (laughs) We need this every Mm -hmm. single day. So thank you so much, guys. And on that note, I want to end it there and say again, a massive thank you to all of you and a huge thank you to Walter. So bye to you guys and bye to Walter. Bye, Walter. Bye, guys. All right, guys, that was the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to become a guest or share your thoughts, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email at hello at masteringmental.com. Or you can DM me on Instagram at Master Your Mental, where you can also find a link in my bio that you can use to find me on all of my other social media platforms. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day. And thank you so much for listening to the Master Your Mental podcast. Have a good one, guys. Bye.